0: This is fucking fun as shit. You know? Drinking beers in a in a <laughs> little cozy room with Listen, a bunch of fucking foam padding. Listening to our own voices. <laughs> <laughs> listening <laughs> to our own voices. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about was how here in Nebraska is involved with the KZUM thing. Your your show that you're on. Because Here in Nebraska was defunct in like 2018, 2017. Yeah, it was
1: early 2018 that it shut down.
0: Yeah, I I read, I I did some research today and I read your, uh, it it said Sam Chrysler editorial intern and it was like a list of the top albums of 2017 and everybody got to pick like their favorite. Oh. And and yours, you were like, I have a a sibling-based bias (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, but my favorite is "Automatic Writing" by The Way Out. And oh I my like, goodness! That's, that's, I have that cute. one on CD.
2: It is so good. It's yeah, a I TBT.
1: <laughs> um, yeah i I remember making that. I was really excited when they asked me to write those or write that list. I forget what all it was on it though. Um, but here in Nebraska is yeah, it's no longer a thing. Um, but they, they asked me to, yeah, I struggle with answering questions. I can ask people questions easily. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, Um, I want
0: you to ask me so many questions. I struggle with both. You got a leg up. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I was, uh, here in Nebraska intern in 2017 and in 2018, my boss there, he was moving to Seattle. His name's Andrew Stillman um but i pretty much like got his professional life he like bestowed it upon me whoa. once he left cuz he was he was at that point uh the rabble, rabble mill editorial or marketing guy um i didn't get that role but he he gave me his role as the rabble magazine editor in chief whoa uh, just just temporarily because I had to go back to the Daily Nebraskan uh, when school started, but I, I had that role for uh, that summer, and I put out one issue of the magazine with Rabble Mag. Um, but I also got nice. his role as the the host on Here Nebraska FM, and even though Here Nebraska is not a thing anymore, we've we've just continued to do that for the last two years. Yeah, so. that's
0: badass. Yeah, I didn't think that rabble mill existed like until 2018. I thought that was like a little bit after, um, here in Nebraska. I think defunct.
1: I think here in Nebraska was totally defunct by the end of 2017, and then rabble mill, I want to say, started right in at the start of 2018.
0: Dude, that's crazy because it seems like it was just last year that rabble mill started, or like the bay went all alphabet on us and like combined everything <laughs> into one huge conglomerate which is really fucking cool cuz there's like so many different things that they do like Ruben did that coding and coffee deal oh yeah you know um and i don't know the fact that you guys are like oriented or like that rabble mills oriented to kids is also an interesting dynamic because they're they're doing so much um like philanthropic work, you know, like on on the side from promoting bands. And there's just they assume so many roles that it's, it's kind of insane.
1: Yeah, they really do. Um, I'm I'm not affiliated with Rabble Mill at this point. Yeah, just here in Nebraska. In in name, like, we are the the last standing pillar of here in Nebraska. Wow. And Keep it lit, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But it does sound like there are plans to revive it in some way.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think there's definitely a big space in the community that would, like, love to keep listening to the radio. Like, everybody's just got their shitty car with no CD or MP3 or whatever, Bluetooth. And, I know, I, I listen to the radio still, so, like, fuck it. Still <laughs> yeah.
1: We always assume that nobody's listening But KZUM does have a lot of built-in listeners
0: Yeah Just like I, I feel like the uh, um, The demographic of people who listen to KZUM Are the same people who go to the Hub Cafe You know <laughs> People in like their
1: 50s and 60s yeah. With long gray hair <laughs> <laughs> With long gray hair And berets You know
0: yeah. Just going to the go into the Hub And then going to the Mill afterwards To get that late night novel reading, you know yeah yeah <laughs> but that's that's cool you know i mean like those are the kinds of people who are like keeping the keeping the entire lincoln music community alive mm-hmm. which is which is nice you know not not just it's not just like young kids who are putting on shows in their basements you know Right. okay so you also do uh bonehead booking yeah. How mu- yeah. How much of your time is spent doing that? I mean,
2: well, no, well not right now. I mean, like yeah. you know,
0: like in the past. How long? You, when did you start doing it? Yeah.
1: Well, I I didn't give give it the name Bonehead Booking until March.
0: I love the alliteration, by the way.
1: My my dad didn't want me to call it that. He thought it was too self deprecating. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: oh, dad. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. But anyway, my dad will
2: call it me a bonehead and be like, "Hey, what's <laughs> up, bonehead?"
1: <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started I started booking last June, June of 2019. And that was right after Jacob Darling had moved away and he was oh. doing a lot of the the DIY booking at that point
0: gone but not forgotten. Dude, yeah. you've assumed so many different roles. <laughs> People just leave and you're like, "I'm here, and mm-hmm. I know everybody, mm-hmm. so I'll just do it."
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not the only buddy who's doing. I mean, Jacob kind of had not a monopoly, but he was like the guy for a while. Yeah. Uh but I he he does like send. If he gets a request to book a show in Nebraska, he'll like send them to me. Nice. Um, That's
0: it. So he still gets he still gets requests. Then people still know him as yeah. the guy who books shows in Nebraska.
1: Yeah. Um, right. And I guess he's trying to book shows in Philly once once things get started up again.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dude, it's it's so cool to watch people from Nebraska, like uh, uh, Dave McKinnis, just yeah. up, you know move away and go go on to something that's bigger and better in a bigger city, but also still have their roots in Lincoln. You know.
1: Doesn't Dave still live here? Oh, does he? Yeah, he still lives in Omaha. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God! I swear to
0: God, he moved to like a Minneapolis or something like that. But I I'm I'm obviously not in the know. Did so John Haroon that's start what we're talking. Fire Hazard before yeah. he left? No, he started that when he was in Philly. Um, See, there's one. Yeah, <laughs> John, John does single take. Basically influences Death Cow to their fruition, and then moves and then moves away and starts something in an entirely new city with entirely new people. Only fucking John Haroon could do that, man. Yeah, what a crazy kid.
1: <laughs> Props to John Haroon because he he is uh he, everything he does he he goes at hundred percent. Yeah, and I admire that about John.
0: And he's always got such like an artistic vision that he goes for too. Yeah, which is so cool. Like he, I don't know, when he was doing, when he was doing single take and he was helping us with all that shit, he intentionally made it super shitty. Like he was using comic sans on our album artwork and like he'd, he'd, he'd make it look like the photo was shot with an iPhone, you know, in a bathroom with ter- terrible lighting. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> we don't want people to take us seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah, John Haroon's badass. What What do you remember about that uh, that first show out at Nelson Dittman's farm at, at oh. Branch Stoke Farm? I, I, I this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about while you were here.
1: Uh, I remember meeting a few people for the first time. Um, well, not the first time, but I remember, uh, seeing my, uh, current roommate Lane out there for the first time wearing a Death Grips shirt I said said, Lane is that a Death Grips shirt and then he said yeah and then we became friends (laughs) Um, yeah Um, also what else what else do I remember I remember we played like five songs and that's all we had and we probably weren't very good I remember I played on your drum kit which had like three or four rack toms yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, that
0: was my brother's drum kit. He was trying to be a fucking regular Neil Peart with all, his, with all of his rack toms. There were,
1: there were two bass drums too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, fuck. We,
0: I can't believe we brought out all of those drums and set them up for this dumb punk show in the middle of nowhere with like 10 people in the audience. Oh my God, that was so much fun.
1: I think people crowd surfed for you guys. I think, yeah.
2: <laughs> just being, I, just <laughs> one person being carried by five people, but the other yeah. five people that are carrying them are just like another band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the bands uh, who are
0: performing that are there to see us. No, I, I remember there was this, uh, somebody told me her full name recently, but uh, some performer who had the last name of Nebraska oh, yeah. also opened up for us, which I thought was pretty what? crazy. Yeah. That
1: wasn't her real last name, was it? I th- I think it, <laughs> no it might have
0: been. I'm serious. If yeah, uh, if anybody on the internet hears this and knows who I'm talking about, please please tell us I'm sure John knows. I'm sure John. I could just Miss Nebraska Miss uh, <laughs> <Ms. laughs> Nebraska first Miss. Wow. Her parents had really high expectations for her. Yeah. <laughs> and the new Miss Nebraska, Miss Nebraska. Uh no, but like yeah, Colton and I, my younger brother Colton and I, we uh we we just like tested out everything beforehand by playing some white stripes covers with that drum kit, which is even more funny that he Obviously. brought so many rack toms out cuz he's <laughs> trying to be <laughs> Meg White <laughs> yeah. with uh, like, just like she's got like three drums, she's got her snare, kit? her yeah. hi-hat and her kick drum. And she's like, "What else do I need?" Uh, Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was so much fun. I, yeah, we brought we brought everything down to the lake. So there's like a lake like a, a half a mile away, um, and it's way more secluded. But we we would have had to use a generator to like get everything mm. working, and so. We decided that wasn't going to happen. It would have been really cool because, like, people would be standing there on the shore of the lake looking back at the stage with the lake behind them. Oh. Um, And that would have been badass. But, you know, we we didn't have a generator that was working. And and so we we brought everything back up to – it was at a sauna. You remember the fact that it was in the sauna area. Oh, yeah. That's where everything was stored, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And my, my current boss at, at the Hub Cafe, Doug Dittman, he's he's the guy who built the sauna. And so it's got it it's so it's so strange to see all these little aspects of my life like fill in the gaps. Like Doug Dittman's uh, sauna architecture is the same architecture that you see at the hub cafe, like with the with the bottles in between the bricks mm-hmm. on the on mm-hmm. the walls, the foundational walls that are there. Which is like totally Ooh. crazy. Um but yeah so it was it was colton and i that played first and then uh it and then it was nebraska what's her name and then it was you guys and then single take went on and in your set i remember specifically you saying before you played a cover of pixies gigantic oh yeah you you said this is a song called ginormous and i <laughs> i just lost my shit i was like what is i don't know what you're gonna play next that's a great name for a song though i thought you were gonna play like an original song called ginormous and then you start into gigantic you know and i right write back that was when i was first getting into the pixies so it, it touched my heart that was, that was definitely shit. connor that said
1: that yeah <laughs> yeah that
0: sounds like a connor thing we also
1: saying. played our our song called Harambe that night. That's right. Oh yeah, my yeah, you god! You had a song about
0: Harambe. That, yeah, that was like the
2: Harambe year too. That was yeah. That's crazy, that's, man. That's funny. Y'all had a Harambe song. I remember the first uh, time I ever started messing with recording equipment. We were like, it was it was our friends. So we went over, and we're just messing with it without him, and we wanted we we were later gonna. F- record our own song my first ever song and then we (laughs) he wrote a song about harambe that ended up being the first thing i had ever recorded on actual (laughs) equipment
0: (laughs) wow that's amazing harambe just affects so many people's lives in so many (laughs) different ways
1: uh man that broke a lot of barriers it really did yeah (laughs) everyone could agree on harambe
0: <laughs> it was universally accepted in the politically polarizing climate in which we live in, current, did, and currently did live back then <laughs>
2: please don't dude. kill the gorillas we have in yes! zoos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: wow
0: that's nuts do you remember what the next show you guys played after that was because i i remember not too long after that john haroon being we were talking about the show and john haroon was like uh yeah death cow is gaining some notoriety around and and i was like god those guys are just trying to be single take there's no way <laughs> that's, that's not that's not to hype up single take at all because we were terrible and i will always tell anybody that we were terrible but i i want to know like how like where did you guys go uh next and after that that got you some recognition
1: well uh Mari was in the way Mari and Reed were in the way out obviously Actually Reed wasn't in Death Cow at that point but um Jacob Darling who we've already mentioned he he messaged Mari when he was looking for people to play a show and he said uh you have you have another band you're in right and then Mari said yeah and then he yes <laughs> he, he just asked Death Cow, Death Cow to play um it was at the Commons I believe in oh, either October I. P. Yeah for real. Yeah, straight up. Uh it was either October or November twenty, seven, sixteen, 16 maybe. Yeah, probably Yeah, 16. that was
0: 2016 cuz that's right when I graduated high school. Okay. And then that single take show at the farm took place in like August or September. So it was, yeah, shortly after that.
1: Mm-hmm. The Commons show. Yeah, actually I was I was going through my photos on my phone recently and I went back to to 2016 and I had video of that show I had put I just set my phone against the wall and I yeah it recorded us it didn't sound the best yeah it was mostly drums but
0: as as they usually are yeah yeah Drums just permeate everything. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried to record? Yeah. We had this We had this big elaborate plan, Mark, uh, Mark and, and Levi and I had this long elaborate plan to like record as many punk shows as possible like a couple years ago, like early 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking, looking back on that, I'm thinking, man, that was fucking ambitious. Because you'd have to you'd have to set up so many mics and yeah. talk to so many people and do that, mm-hmm. you know. And well, it would have been really cool because at the end of it, we would have had like a, a long collaboration uh, album of like tons of different shows from or like the best recorded song from as many artists as we could possibly capture, you know, throughout mm-hmm. that year. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. I went on a tangent. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, that,
1: w- that would. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. On paper. In, in theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds
0: like it'd be fun, but maybe yeah. maybe in the future. Maybe in yeah, the big Charlotte compilation future.
2: album of a bunch of Lincoln artists. Yeah. That would be excellent.
0: We
1: need something like
0: that. That would be really fun. Yeah. I mean, one of the Mez's goals was I mean, like in our mission statement is like bring people together to make like the entire Lincoln scene more holistic. Mm-hmm. Um and that would definitely do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because then it's all there in one place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then you're inevitably leaving some people out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. That's true. It's, it's tough. <sighs> you take take some, you leave some. Yeah. I think that the next best thing to that is like what the DN does where they like make playlists. Or I'm sure here in Nebraska and like KZUN does the same thing, but they make like Spotify playlists and post them online of just mm-hmm. whatever new music is coming out from whatever band around.
1: Yeah. You know? We do our best on the radio show to to give some love to people who are releasing new stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: cool. Yeah, we could be doing better. It's I mean
0: you can always be doing better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I uh, we have we have some plans for what we'd like to do. But right now they're just plans. <laughs> and coronavirus isn't making it easier.
0: Yeah. No. <clears throat> well when whenever this is all over, um we need to have some some crazy shit happen what would you what would you personally like to see once all of this is completely gone and bands are now like not or like having shows like that entire stigma against having shows is gone um because i feel like right now we were talking with mark last week about like how there should be just like in sort of underlying artist code that's like, we don't have shows because nobody can have shows. And if you're granted the privilege because of your genre to have an outdoor show, you know, or something like that, then you just don't do it because there, you know, there's all of 90% of other artists can't, you know, are not the kind that would be booked on a show like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what, once all of that is gone, what would you like to see happen?
1: Um, um, can't decide if i want to see uh like a festival kind of thing or mm-hmm. just like a punchy four band or three band bill
2: yeah like like the first show after yeah,
1: yeah. i think it would be best if it was like seven or eight bands yeah like a double show yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to see the couch
0: house basement just packed yeah. Cause that's a tiny, <laughs> that's a tiny place. I want to, I want to see like freaking 50 people just like swarming up the stairs. Right. That's something like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I live for coming back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would like to, I don't really want to play any shows right now. I don't want to book any shows right now. No. Cause you can't do it the way that you want to. Yeah. And it would. I, I I'm gonna use the the phrase, blue balls. I don't
0: <laughs> right into the mic. Blue balls. Blue balls. <laughs>
1: pardon that. Pardon that uh, indecent language. But um, it would be like getting blue balls if we had if we had a show that was you, you had to Less socially Everybody yeah.
2: I mean, what venue is even bigger than twelve feet apart? I mean, yeah. How many people could you really have in in there? Right. Do you think once the virus has subsided, do you think maybe we should have masks, like, still?
1: I don't know. That, that seems like a science question.
0: <laughs> I wish <laughs> I knew science. I don't. Sam Chrysler, the local scientist, com- <laughs> coming
1: at us live. I'm Nebraska's Fauci. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's probably something that, that we'll have guidelines for at that point, yeah. hopefully. Um, Hmm. But I don't know. Once we have a vaccine, maybe we won't have to worry so much.
2: How do you feel about live stream shows in comparison to live shows? Like, I know you said you've got – Blue ball for shows. (laughs) Now now we're just saying it again. (laughs) I wanted that
1: to just like be a be a thing in one moment, and we wouldn't talk about it again. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Uh, What was the question? Oh, Uh, live streams. Yeah. 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 Um, we we did a lot of those for uh, the Here Nebraska FM Instagram page. And they, I mean, it's the best you can do at this point in time. I guess now people are doing in-person shows, socially distant shows. But live streams, they're they're there. They're there. Um,
0: Yeah, I I can say personally, maybe this makes me a bad member of the local music scene, but I've probably watched one live stream of something. Uh, I yeah. just, never,
2: i've never. i never caught a live stream at a good time yeah like the live streams are always going on but right well I, I could tune in for one and then it's probably recorded on your phone so i can't hear what's going on yeah right
1: we had some people run run the sound through a mixer and then into their laptop which then went into instagram and that yielded some good results yeah that would be better um But yeah, there's like buffering and bands setting up in places that aren't great for music. Yeah. Or for uh what's the word? Yeah. Yeah. Sound. (laughs) 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 What's that stuff we make with the instruments? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Acoustics, that's the word. There you go. There was
0: there was one I, I got to I got to go witness Peachy's performance. Um when they when they did it's crazy that Seth Beam is the drummer yeah in PG now cuz he's in like freaking five five bands, bands. absolute yeah. legend <laughs> yeah absolute legend shout out to Seth Beam who by the way lives right down the street which is crazy does he really he he does huh. yeah he lives over by uh, the park that's next to the good sense and then he works at the good sense okay which is cool um but they he has this awesome basement where like you have to go behind several curtains um, and get to this super isolated room that's relatively tiny. It's about it's about as small as this room. Um but uh he uh, he's he's got like an entire drum kit set up and then well maybe it's, it's there's, like yeah there's, there's no a li- it's... it's a little bit bigger than okay. this room. Yeah. If you were to take away that wall right there it, okay. yeah and go back a ways yeah it'd be about as big as this room. Um but yeah he uh he has a drum kit set up back there and it's just like a cute little compact room. And I feel like the sound on that live stream turned out really well. That was a little while back, but which band was that for? That was for PG. Oh yeah. 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 But you know, I, I'd love to see, I mean the, the live stream for that was, was really uh, engaging because it was done in such a visually stimulating environment, you know? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's the kind of the way that it has to be if you're going to do a live stream. um, Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, like, if you're not there in person, there has to be something else that's really catching your eye. Going on, yeah.
1: Yeah, we kind of found that people would stick around longer if, one, it was an acoustic live stream.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just, like, two people with acoustic guitars in front of you. Yeah, because
1: the sound's not quite so abrasive. Right. (laughs) And then if if the band's engaged with the audience more and, like, had the audience ask them questions and stuff, then people would stick around for longer. But yeah, it was kind of a revolving door a lot of the time, just some people leaving and then other people joining.
0: Right. Yeah. Also, we're going to pause the podcast because I'm so sorry I just farted. I did not mean to fart, and I'm so sorry for you guys. <laughs> this is a small room. <laughs> yeah, it is a small room.
1: smelled the fart.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, did you? <laughs> no. Yes. Oh my god, I smelled it a little bit and I was I was very disappointed in myself.
2: <laughs> um I I'm now just imagining you as a conductor on a train and then you fart <laughs> and you're like, "Hold on, we got to ru- stop this shit. Stop. Stop." <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the, the, the conductor
0: co- comes over the intercom and is like, my apologies. There's been a gas There's leak. There's been a <laughs> gas leak. <thing. laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where we left off, but we can just start with some other conversation. I don't fucking know.
1: Okay. Um, Are we recording?
0: Yeah, we're, we've been recording this whole time. <laughs> okay. um, but, like, have you been making any music... Like your other than the stuff that you've brought to me. Oh wait, for anybody who doesn't know, Sam and I have been (laughs) just dicking around, (laughs) collaborating with some stuff, and I can't really tell you much about it yet. Uh Um, But it's fun. We're having a good time, and it's it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. Um. You're you're you you've told me like your general process is usually like with loops, you know, and you make a loop of something and then you throw it on. Yeah. Daw. And then just mess with it Ooh. from there. Tell me about that.
1: Um, I mean, I'm a super novice songwriter. Honestly, uh, I haven't written that many songs.
0: Have you? Did you write any songs for Death Cow, or was that mainly Connor?
1: It was mainly Connor. I've I contributed to songs, but there hasn't been a song that <laughs> I've written that
0: you're, you're on drum parts.
1: Yes. Yeah. And some guitar parts. And that's
0: hey. all that matters. If you can write yeah. a drum part, you got the rest of the song. Like. Like that. yeah there you go,
1: yeah, um but, yeah, I suppose for I don't know, I don't have a a really good regimen yet, um but it's what it has been working sort of has been recording what I have, like the ideas, into logic, and then fiddling with them and having a little bit more of a holistic view of the song in front of me. Because it's hard for me to think about the whole thing in my head. Maybe one day I'll be at that point, but I'm not right now. Um, but
0: well, it sounds like you take more time in your songs than I do. I, yeah, I feel like most of the time I sit down and I have my four-track cassette deck in front of me, and then I record four tracks, and I'm like, yeah,
3: that's
0: good.
1: <laughs> I just immediately think that everything I do is like trash. Aww. So I that's <laughs> not, not coming to back like, to the bonehead booking and yeah. <laughs> you and yourself deprecating humor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I try to, I do the same thing when I'm writing too. Like I'll just have to take a, a, a step back and think about it if it's good or not Yeah. and then redo it. Yeah, if I don't think it's good.
0: What What do you think about the kind of uh, the musicianship that goes into just writing a song right out, getting it recorded and then releasing a fuck ton of albums? You know what I mean? Of, like you record something. It's right there. You mix it right. It might be a little bit flawed, but then you just release it like mm. you're some sort of, you know, bucket head how he yeah. has like fucking 800 albums, you know? Like, would you ever consider doing that? No. No. <laughs> a little bit more of a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's no. more. That's more. That's more revered. Honestly, I mean, like, I I give more merit towards that. I, don't I know. found myself fa- falling into those pitfalls though.
1: I just, I want to be intentional with what I'm doing. And. And I want every, especially if I'm putting stuff out for the first time. I don't want it to be uh just something that we shout out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: And even with like Death Cow stuff, I would I would have so many revisions for uh we we've or pre- done everything with Jeremy Wurst so far and I know he's gotten sick of me because <laughs> <laughs> I I Oh just, I
0: can't believe I can't imagine Jeremy getting sick of anybody though. That's what you're I was probably say. right, yeah. but
1: I've just there there have been a lot of times where i've had to go into his his studio at night and he's always super gracious about it but i'm sure he'd rather be doing other things yeah um
0: he's got a pretty badass studio though yeah he does mm-hmm. so if anybody who doesn't know jeremy worst he's the guy <coughs> who basically he mixes all of the I don't say all the best bands because I don't want to. I don't want to be exclusive in in the best. Who's the best in Lincoln or whatever? Because I Lemons know he Jeremy. recorded
2: Salt Creek. That's yeah, legend. In he's Lincoln. recorded
0: Salt Creek in in terms of Lincoln bands. He's done Death Cow. He's done The Way Out. He's done oh, Histrionic. He you know, he did the Farkelzar album. Um, like he's he's just all over the place, and he has mm-hmm. a really he has a really specific sound that he goes for, and he has his mixing process kind of whittled down to a T. So he knows exactly what he's doing. So like, he'll send him, he'll send him an album. uh, That's just the bare bones tracks. And he'll just, you know, he has a, he has a set list of things that he does first, you know, and he just gets it down to, this is a base mix. Where do you guys want it to go from there? You Mm -hmm. know? And that's, (laughs) that's totally the point where, you know, if I was a mix, uh, if I was a, a mixing artist, I would definitely want to get to that point, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you could just be like, "This is my style. This is the way that I prefer things to be heard," or, or even, "This is this is basically the kind of sonic integrity that works, right?" Mm-hmm. And from there, where would you want it to go? Have you have you come across like what what sort of revisions? How many how many mixing um, uh, stages did you go through with Jeremy for this last Death Co album, Pioneer?
1: Um I think most of the songs only had like four or five mixes. Yeah. But some of them some of them it was just like he, he can change a lot of shit post production and make like he can change the sound of a guitar tone with a with a plug in on Pro Tools. Sure. Yeah. Which isn't the most uh um natural thing, but I don't know. Most people don't notice that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. At some point, I'd definitely like to do more analog recording. But uh, a lot of it is like fucking with guitar tones and um, if I if I didn't have the right uh, drum take, switching that stuff in and out or uh, you know, yeah, being a perfectionist.
0: He told me when we were doing the R album that One of the one of the biggest things that you can do for him is to come is to come with the bass tracks already in terms in terms of guitar mainly. It's just like having the effects already recorded, the ones that you really want, you know. So it's not that hard to extract the room sound, you know, or whatever it is that you're using, because the room sound is so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where did you guys record that album?
1: We recorded the drums at Fuse Recording. Ooh, uh, it's a good place yeah. I had
0: an
2: internship there Nice
1: Yeah, it's a big, big drum room Or at least where we recorded drums We recorded guitars and bass and vocals in Jeremy's studio Dude, hell yeah Yeah Um.
0: He's got so many pedals, man Yeah <laughs> I love looking at his Instagram feed Because he's always just like mixing out crazy pedal combinations mm-hmm. And it, I'm like, ah. Oh, just get shivers down my spine (laughs) i wish i had the the know-how and the financial resources to obtain all of those cool things that make it sound so good and for him it's I, i know it's not just what pedals are you using it's how do you have the amp situated in the room and like where the mic is located of course but i just i wanna i wanna just go to him and be like hey uh How much would it cost me to just sit down and learn everything, you know, just teach me, teach me anything, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, he's been grinding for a while. He has been. Yeah. The fact that he's got like a garage behind his house that he's transformed into a badass studio is it's total goals, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's he's quite the, the mover and the shaker. (laughs)
1: <laughs> certainly yeah
0: yeah
2: shout out to the band mover shaker
0: mm. <laughs> 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 oh man so is there anybody any bands in lincoln right now that have put out something during this crazy corona time that piqued your interest yeah um because we're doing our own research but man i'd love to hear your well
1: reply. probably the thing i've listened to the most is uh the dem kids ep mm-hmm. uh, have you heard of that no, no. How, how do you spell it dem kids d-e-m space kids. k-i-d-z it's a z, z not an s oh all right yes um, nice. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh eddie branch malcolm perp uh flannel lewis tom green whoa wow um the credentials make a few appearances so wow yeah, like, Tom
0: Green is in John Green's brother, what, half of the vlog famous vlog brothers. Oh, I'm just kidding.
1: No, not no. <laughs> 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 I forget what his stage name is. I always do this. Um, but he's also featured on Andy Branch song called Tommy 2000. Dude. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. But
0: I three is that three out of the four members who have fucking stage names outside of that band? That's nuts. That's like that's like YouTube shit, man. Heck yeah, oh, Bono, Bono and the, the edge. edge. I think yeah. that's
2: what Lincoln needs.
0: <laughs> yes, more we personas. Need more personas, <laughs> yeah. and then super groups that combine all of those personas into one. Yeah, distressed damsels. They got Danny Saturn, man. Danny Saturn, yeah. man. That's nuts. <laughs> I I love that last name, just the way that it that's flows. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you were talking about them kids.
1: Yeah, they put out an EP a few months ago, and then they also had a single come out pretty recently called 1234. Uh, it's, Malcolm Perp does most of the production with Carco from the credentials. It's, Is that Perp with two Ps? No, just P-U-R-P. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I was imagining it in my head. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's just really cool production. Uh, pretty solid rhymes. Here I go talking about rap using rap words. <laughs> wow, you're really hip with the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. They they're they they sound legit. Uh the production sounds very legit. It's kind of there's definitely a like a mad lib influence, at least that I can pull out. Of course. And Kanye too. There's some Kanye in there I'd say. But I don't know, I can't speak for them. Yeah. That's just my <laughs> assumption.
0: Well, you you heard it from the source from the from the professional music daily Nebraska music reviewer <laughs> man. <laughs> sounds yeah. like Kanye. Sounds like Kanye. <laughs> sounds like Madlib. That's awesome. Early, early Kanye. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah.
1: What else? There's the the Hale Varsity EP. Oh yeah, dude. Um, yes. Another sibling bias. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Uh, yeah, that was that came out when was it May? Yeah, something like that. Um kind of in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah, that has to be kind of shitty for everyone who released stuff around then. Like
2: Yeah, you can't have your like EP release show or whatever right. because those give <laughs> such a good boost mm-hmm. to listener or straight out the gate, you know.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, we at least got to have that with the the Death Cow release um
2: i think that was the last show i went to before everything started shutting down really Mm-hmm. that was a really good show yeah, yeah that, that was, was a really fun. good show oh and the caves you got the caves they're one the of beeves? my favorites
0: dude i've been listening to that album adam and Eve recently and and the the song the song that gets me every time is that uh um disneyland yeah that's
1: what i thought you were gonna say yeah no because it's it's so
0: good it's just so good i remember uh mark champion was playing that at the Mes one time we were all just hanging out and uh and that disney disney disneyland disneyland yeah and it came out i was like that's that's crazy that's some crazy shit and i initially was was a little bit deterred because it like it freaked me yeah, out initially it's, weird it's really in weird year. but that but that initial uh that initial like it's it's like some kind of strokes boom da boom da yeah. boom And then the and then the uh, guitar lead comes in. Okay, yeah, just Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, fucking shout out to Adam and Beev.
1: Yeah. beeves They have a new album coming out. Do they really? Yeah.
0: Do you know do you, do you have any insider info on that?
1: I don't know when it's coming <laughs> out, but Someone did. You heard it here first. He
0: doesn't know when it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, nobody
1: they, knows. They so don't bother a, doing any research. I, it might be on Instagram. I don't know. They because yeah. they have put out a single for it already. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The Beeves, the Caves. Yeah. Farkles are yeah. one cow. of my favorite
3: bands. Beaves weren't time. on
1: that show.
2: Oh,
0: they were. not It was no. Yasmir Nur. Yasmir Nur. Far-k- was Farkles yes, are there? Yes, Farkles was there. Yeah, and the Caves and then I'm, Death Cow. I brought out my all my toys I had my now defunct sadly we were talking about this earlier my my HR 16 drum machine that I had at that show uh is now dead it it will not turn on and somebody spilled beer on it people Uh, were throwing who was that uh you know it was a friend I had over and we were you know just kicking it and there was some beer that got spilled I'm not gonna say who did anything but (laughs) (laughs) I have a hunch yeah yeah okay well it so yeah uh drum machines defunct thank god the Moog grandmother is still still up and running um but yeah you is it ex- moog i thought it was moog it looks like moog i said moog for so long and then i and then i bought this thing and uh and i watched a bunch of videos on it and they were all saying moog so i was like all right yeah, I, guess I'll, <laughs> I guess i'll hop on the moog bandwagon it's like saying freud instead of fruit you know yeah um, <laughs> um, but yeah so so that's that i
2: remember people at that show that was one of the first shows in the back room at the bay that i had been to mm. so, and people were throwing confetti eggs at the
1: ceiling oh yeah oh, <laughs> and was that then, during Farkle's oh, are set yeah because then was mark, it really? mark
2: mark mark uh started going crazy on his guitar and got crowd surfed and i remember seeing alice richter just beam one one of those confetti (laughs) eggs into the
0: ceiling i think reed did that too Mm. whoa that's freaky yeah that was that was a lot of fun um that was uh that wasn't the first show that happened at the at the back room now it's the regular room yeah Yeah. there used to be a, a you know it used to be the up front, front in the coffee room coffee room time what was your fa- <laughs> sam what was your favorite show what was your favorite memory from the coffee room venue part of the bay cuz there were so many crazy things that happened talking about john haroon when he fucking hop up, hopped uh, off the rafter and like almost got himself banned from the bay
1: yeah i don't i don't endorse no but no
0: yeah none of us can endorse that but wow (laughs) you know it's something it's something (laughs) funny (laughs) the only video
2: i've ever seen of john Haroon because i never met him before he moved the only video i have is him smoking like 20 (laughs) cigarettes (laughs) with a party hat (laughs) while playing a show i heard about that
1: Yeah, my friend at work, Austin, he he brings that up pretty frequently because he was in John's band, Waitress. Oh yeah, that was the only show Waitress ever played. Really? Yeah,
0: w- that was when he was still back in oh, Lincoln.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was right oh, before man. he left, I guess.
0: I totally forgot about that. Did they did they release anything?
1: I don't think so. Hmm. No,
0: that's unfortunate. Yeah.
1: Um, but favorite memories from that room. Uh, Latino lives. 2019 was pretty sick. Yeah. Also, the, the Histrionic release show was there, too. That, that was pretty tight. That was, that was, was badass. a good show. Yeah.
0: Didn't Salt Salt Creek play to that?
1: No, no. It was uh, Jocko, Versus, oh, Vices, and yes. I, I Versus and the
0: Vices, and Death Cow. I specifically remember Versus in the Vices because uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but a guy who used to work at Roots Music, the, the front man. Mm, um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. He, he just blew me away. I had no idea that they could do that, and then they did. Mm. And that's happened so many times at that Bay front room. <laughs> that happened with the credentials. I remember sitting back and watching the credentials. I can't remember at what show, uh, but it, it was like they were like young Arctic monkeys doing strokes covers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is so much energy, man. I want to live here in this moment forever.
1: Yeah, they, they played the death cow christmas ep release show at the bay that might have been it oh my goodness yes that was a fun show we we watch we watched that video a lot my dad took video of that whole show on his iphone and there are a few videos up on youtube uh from when from death cow set but yeah it was pretty sick that was i remember seeing like dwight miller crowd surfing (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: He's such a reserved guy. Yeah. And watching him crowd surf, it's like, <gasps> wow. Mm. Look at that. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him <laughs> fly. <laughs> Love that kid. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: How how was it recording a Christmas album?
3: Yeah.
0: Cause you get it was there was there were three songs four songs on that three three yeah.
2: songs yeah that's right. Um. Did you get sued for the <laughs> Charlie Brown esque cover? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't.
1: Uh, I wish we. Had, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would have been a fucking story. <laughs> we yeah. got sued by Charles Schultz.
1: <laughs> I think that was that was kind of the idea. Like maybe maybe we'll get sued for this and then we'll get famous.
0: There you go, dude. Yes. People wa- people out there watching the the Peanuts lawsuits as they are rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking
2: my news feed every day to see when somebody would rip off Peanuts, and there it is, some stupid punk band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, th- I don't know, think about MetLife. They've ripped off the Peanuts thing. I wonder oh, if yeah. they have the license for that. They probably do. I'm sure they do. They're huge. Yeah. They have a blimp or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have a blimp. Yeah. They can do whatever that's they want. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get a blimp, you're immune to the law. Mm. That's that's just the you're way it goes. You're above the law. Yes.
1: Ooh. Mm. Nice.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, I just got it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. How long How long did – uh? Those Christmas songs permeate through your, your normal sets. Your post Christmas sets. Oh. <laughs> we
1: we played like Canadian Christmas for a while. We pro- we definitely played it in like June and July. <laughs> Dude, that was Next my year. favorite song from that <laughs> from that thing. That was mine too. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I put that on a playlist with like Bob and Doug McKenzie's Twelve Days of Christmas, where they're like, and <laughs> a beer, you know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs>
1: yeah how was it recording that yeah it was, that was before jeremy's studio was built so we really were, but it was at we still recorded it at his house and he had some really high ceilings in his uh foyer um mm-hmm. so it we actually got pretty good drum sounds. He recorded the drums at his place yeah wow mm-hmm. dang yeah uh that was like two or three days of recording. Wow. Well, it was fun. Yeah. That was the most fun we've had recording because we kind of just winged it. Yeah. 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 Did you ever record with Dave McInnes? No, we haven't. No?
0: Yeah, that was that was a good time. Farkles are recorded Pound Sand with mm-hmm. Dave
1: in his garage. I love the way that the sound of that record came out.
0: It's, it's you know, I it took me a while to, to warm up to it, honestly, because yeah. like, I came back to it recently and I gave it another listen. And the way that the h- harmonica has like a sort of reverb to it, um, it, ju- it you know it just got to me. You know, <laughs> I initially I initially was to get those goosey bumps. Yeah, I got them goosey bumps, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that uh, just uh, or like the uh, <laughs> there's a there's a moment on uh, on density near the end where there's like a, a sort of staccato keyboard thing that Mark does, and they recorded that when I was asleep on the floor, so I I didn't I didn't get to see that unfortunately. I wish I could have been there for that, um, but yeah, the way the way it all turned out, it's, you can definitely tell that it was recorded in a garage. But that's the point, man. It's I garage rock.
1: You're right. Yeah, I think it fits the Lazar vibe pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also the album cover, it sounds like the music too. Yeah, it
0: does, doesn't it? Or it looks like the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaotic, very vis- vibrant colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As again, all all of Mark Champion's genius. At mm-hmm. some point, I'd like to have him on this thing. Yeah. Because he's, he's got a lot of interesting ideas, and he's got a beautiful laugh. Yeah, and he I doesn't wanna, have I a mustache anymore. No, he We doesn't. can only
2: have guests with mustaches. Oh. <laughs> it's like, Mark, you got to grow back your mustache <laughs> so you to be in the podcast. And your hair. Yes, yeah. and yeah. the rest of
0: your hair. <laughs> you can't have like a little plateau of hair on top of your head. It has to be <laughs> hanging down, really hanging down. It's um, no longer
2: a Mark champion. is a Mark failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, no disrespect. No, no, no disrespect.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay, Mark. We love your hair. We we want you to do whatever you please, whatever makes you feel most confident. This I, is a personal call out against your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know whenever I wake up in the morning, uh, the, whatever I decide to wear definitely determines my level of confidence throughout the day. I don't know. Do you guys feel that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've got a,
2: a good flashy fit going, then yeah, I'm gonna be a little flashier with my
0: right. You know, if characteristics. Yeah. If I decide to get up and like wear like stained sweatpants and the, you know a fucking tank top that barely fits me, there's just no way I'm gonna be normal Hunter. You know mm. what I mean? <laughs> it was more so like that in high school, though. I feel like that's. It's just kind of the way it goes for everybody, though. You know, you grow up and eventually you settle into yourself.
1: Yeah. There were there were definitely some times in college where I would wear it. It was like towards the end of the laundry cycle. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of good choices. Been yeah. there for a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're just going to class. You right, know. yeah. Although in the business college, people did dress up. People were like, hmm we gotta gotta (laughs) put on some facade for these haughty individuals who will you know give us so much judgmental bullcrap if we decide to dress like a scum of the earth you know if you're not car seat headrest reference car seat (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) car seat headrest listening motherfucker (laughs) if you're not
2: in business attire are you really a business major i mean yeah
0: No, it's it's true. Well, I remember watching that one episode of The Office where Ryan like has Michael speak at his at his uh one of his classes at his business school. (laughs) And and everybody there was wearing like formal business attire. And I remember thinking to myself I was in high school and I remember thinking to myself, does everybody have to wear formal business attire all the time when they go to business school or is is Ryan an undergrad or is he, I don't know I analyzed it far too much I guess that's what you, that's what you do when, when you watch The Office for the third time over you know you start to think about things that you wouldn't think about
1: I thought more about how Michael was destroying that dude's textbook yeah <laughs> that's $300 I know these are expensive. man yeah. the, the great thing but about it the is the message you, is priceless the message is priceless he regrets it after the fact you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tries to to recommandeer the conversation to go in a different direction, which is fantastic, classic. You know,
2: going back to uh, uh
3: goo- <laughs> goosey bumps
2: when you hear uh certain music, is there any sort of song that you can that comes to mind that can consistently give you that goosebump, hair raising sort of excitement?
1: Hmm. Um the one that has been consistently giving me such a feeling uh has been it's by this uh singer-songwriter from the 90s named victoria williams she's lucinda williams i think they're related do you know who lucinda williams is she's a country artist it rings a bell yeah yeah in the back of your head somewhere (laughs) um in the vault but she has this song called century plant and it's the first song on her 1994 album loose and it's, it's about a tree that only blooms every 100 years. Mm. And she. the rest of the song is like a... Me- the tree is a metaphor for this dude's life who waits until he's like in his 50s to start doing anything, to get married, to go to college, to get a job. Um, but she says, because the, the tree only blooms once every 100 years it's never too late for you to bloom and wow that's a good message it's beautiful that's great yeah i don't know if it gives me goosebumps but it definitely makes me emotional
2: yeah gives you the mental goosebumps yeah
1: (laughs) and i usually try to suppress emotion as much as i can Um, (laughs) but that, that song forces it out of me yeah that's a beautiful song.
0: It's good to find those songs. We've so talked yeah. about Benji by Sun Kill Moon before. Yeah, but that that album does the same for me. Listening to some guy talk about how he's going to visit his dad's friend who mercy killed his wife in a hospital, and then the god. gun jammed and he didn't die. It's like, oh god, damn! Like, just like I cannot fucking deal with this. Yeah, right
1: handle now. being in that position or think about being in that position.
0: Yeah, but it you know it always helps me when I'm feeling down. It's crazy how sad music will do that.
1: Yeah, I have to be careful, though, because if I listen to too much sad music when I'm already feeling down, then it'll just get worse.
2: Yeah. You get stuck sure. into a hole of just, yeah. all this music is making me feel, mm-hmm. just think about what's making me sad and just
1: persist. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's part of the reason why at the end of the year, every year, my Spotify... Rapped is always like, You like to listen to energetic music. <laughs> yeah. That's because, you know, it doesn't make me feel like a steaming pile of shit. You know? I mean, I I've been I know it's gonna do that this year for me again because I've been listening to fucking black Midi Schlagenheim <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> like I, I went out on a I went out on a bike ride. Oh, the, the song Talking Heads is not on Schlagenheim, but it freaked me out. Mm. today on my bike ride so shout out to black midi even though they're a fucking british band and who gives a shit here in nebraska (laughs) dude
1: there's (laughs) a lot of good stuff in britain right now
0: yeah it seems to be going that way
1: yeah or in england at least yeah Mm -hmm.
2: were you planning on going to any uh big shows like a festival or anything like that that got canceled or postponed till next year
1: um well Jesse and I were gonna go to to King Gizzard in oh. Colorado at Red Rocks, yeah. and we were actually gonna stay at Hunter's uh, parents' cabin up there. That was gonna be sick. Um, but they yeah. they just postponed to that for the second time. It was supposed to be in May, and then they postponed it till October of this year. And yesterday they postponed it till October of next year. Oof.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I was. Uh... I was definitely living for that. That was the reason why I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so you could see King Gizzard. So I could see King Gizzard and feel confident, you know, about it. I was gonna, I was going to uh, do my finals early because it was during finals week. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I even, you know, before everything got online and there was an, an entire upheaval of the entire system, um, yeah, I was gonna go in and do my finals early uh, so that I could take off on on Monday morning. And go see King Gizzard Tuesday evening and Wednesday evening, or whenever that was going to be. Um, but yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. Now we now we got to wait a year and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is <laughs> something else.
2: We'll get there, it'll be even more worth it. Yeah, was it mm-hmm. two days before? Because I know it's two days now, or was it
0: just going to be yeah. one
2: big oh,
1: yeah, before? it's still two days, I think. Right? Oh,
2: yeah, it was two days before,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and the fact that they can sell out two days at Red Rocks, being a rock and roll band, mm-hmm. is on uh, you know unbelievable. That's some mm-hmm, Grateful Dead shit, mm-hmm. you know.
1: But that's that's the def definitely the kind of show that people will want to travel for. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That's a once in a lifetime kind of thing.
0: Well, they've got yeah. a devoted fan base like like Grateful Dead or like Fish, you know. Yeah, maybe not not to the Fish level, but you know, in the same sort of. Denomination of fans. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely wanna, the vibe I mean, that I got when I when I went with you, saying right. to to Chicago. The to nomadic, you.
2: psychedelic yeah, type.
1: Right. Listeners. Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of rock bands that have that these days. No. You know
2: that mysticism about them. That thing that like they're just so interesting and curious to the mind. How yeah. like like microtonal banana? Mm-hmm. They just use a whole bunch of notes that we don't hear in western music and that that gives them this sort of mysticism about them is the word that i li- always come back to
0: yeah exactly and and you know the fact that they maintain a sort of uh mysterious aspect. you know they don't they don't tell many people about like the way that they record their music which is kind of cool like i remember listening to Stu mckenzie who's the who's the main singer and <coughs> the songwriter and everything and he was like, uh, see, so the the interviewer asked him like, how how does all of how does all <laughs> of the music tie into? Um, you know, like, how do you start writing a song? He's like, you know, sometimes I think about um, a song, and then it just you know I think about music that goes along with the song, and then it just becomes music, you a know, bit. and then the rest <laughs> of the band starts laughing. I'm like, like dude, that, that, is, <laughs> that is exactly the way that you garner that kind of fan base, though. Yeah. You know, because then nobody knows what you're doing, uh, aside from those people who are, you know, so enigmatic about King Gizzard to look at the, the the pedal board and then figure, you know, put it all on a quit board online. And so everybody goes and looks at what he's using in terms of microphones and amps and shit. And uh and then all of those equipment pieces just explode in value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like I that's that's how you freaking Red Rocks. The next I know. Fish.
2: They've got like the capabilities to be able to put on whatever sort of visual show they want with that place, and the space yeah. is just gonna be so beautiful. naturally. Have you been there? Itself. I haven't been there yet, but I've I saw this. Uh, I saw this video by a uh, YouTube channel called Liquid Light Show, who is, uh, they make the live visuals using, like, oils and dyes mm. and, and water and different dishes, and they spin it and put it on projectors and or maybe uh, split them hor- uh, vertically so it's, like, stuff coming out <coughs> of each other. Or, uh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen they've... Um, They have lasers that uh, will follow the the lines of or the topography of the the rock, the big rock that's behind them. That's cool. And I've seen there was a glass animals show there that they played through the this thundering lightning rainstorm and as the the beat drops and they're singing about lightning and stuff like that that this lightning strikes right on time and stuff like that and everybody's just like oh my god God."
1: (laughs) (laughs) freak them out yeah
0: man did did any of you guys get to see the grand pooba yeah yeah they i remember seeing them at uh what uh what was that what was that place? It's down in the um it's down in the old market next to the uh the ice skating rink. Um it used to be called that. The rail yard? Um, yeah, they're in the rail yeah, in the rail yard. Um and not the old market. Somewhere. Haymarket. Haymarket, yeah. Um yeah, whatever that whatever that older venue was called, it was like right above the ice skating rink. You know, you know what I oh, about? Oh Vega. Vega,
2: yes. Oh, that's a I saw Joyce Manor there. They, oh yeah. that is a good venue. So the mountain goats was. there
1: too was oh what really yeah Yeah, it's been it's been shut down for a while that's why i haven't been there again (laughs) (laughs) i only went the one time (laughs) yeah
0: grand poo i saw grand pooba there and they were opening up for the cj clydesdale band and they had this really cool thing where they brought out this um like old style it's like schoolroom projector where you had the laminate sheet on it you know and they'd like place do you guys ever remember those when you were younger they had the laminate yeah Um, and they and they had uh, somebody off stage like projecting onto them and like drawing shit and then putting water on it and it would erase it and make this entire psychedelic That's visual so... thing going on. I've honestly He's nuts. I think Adam's the Mez genius. should do something like that.
2: I find know. a guy. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> find a
0: find a guy who's just willing to run all of the projections and everything. Yeah, that, goes that would along be with su- that.
2: super cool. There was yeah.
1: nobody. The Grand Poobah was really cool because they were the only band at that point in the lincoln scene that i knew of that was doing stuff like outside the box like that yeah like a lot of the stuff i was hearing was that was like right when i was starting to go to shows for the first time Mm -hmm. a lot of it was just like emo stuff and (laughs) as it tends to be not (laughs) that that's a bad thing no
2: it's never a bad thing no (laughs) that's like Half of my identity. That's like (laughs) half of Nebraska music. Yeah, that's half of DIY. That's just the way it
0: rolls out here. You know, is is the emo stuff, and you know, it's it's not to deter anybody from listening to emo music because like it's it's there. I feel like I mean it's it's cutting edge in a lot of senses.
2: Yeah, a big part of songwriting, I feel like, especially for me, comes from an emotional space. So. Writing about the things that make you sad or angry or happy, you know, a, a lot of the things that are really important in your mind or present in your mind are sad thoughts or things that have gone wrong or things that upset you. So, a lot of times those come into songs. So, yeah, especially for the young and DIY type musicians, I feel like it makes sense for a lot of them to just be emo <laughs> or yeah, yeah.
0: categorized as emo. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of the vibe that you get in Nebraska. I mean, specifically around the Lincoln and the in the surrounding areas, you know. I mean, people kind of grow up in uh, in an area where there's not much other stimulus other than what they're seeing and what they're seeing they may or may not vibe with, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bands from, from... There's been quite a few bands coming out of Ashland, not just pointing out, you know, the way out um, or anything. But, I mean, they it, it seems it seems like they have this not cynical view on uh, society and music or whatever, but it's just, it's a representation of, of where they're living, you know, and, and the people who they're around Mm -hmm. and they, they may love certain aspects of their hometown, but they also may despise certain aspects of either their hometown or just of society in general. And so it's, it's, it's really, it's really fun because it's, Emo, emo music that comes from, from out there is or any of those surrounding towns is really, really fun to listen to because it's it's just a, it's a time piece and a location piece, you know? Good visual and, storytelling and, and yeah. mental storytelling, like how you feel in
2: those places.
0: Right. And like you can uh, – a lot of those artists, it feels like they, they dissociate. They don't dissociate, but they just detract from – uh, where they're living and look at it from an outsider's perspective and I feel like a lot of that music comes through in sort of that sort of uh, perspective on on that but I, I don't know what your thoughts are on on the on the emo the emo scene but I, I think it's I think it's interesting you know yeah sociologically oh
1: yeah I don't know I, I feel like you can have all of those it, it is, It definitely is, like, it makes sense that you would go straight to playing a sound that could be described as emo. Yeah. If you're having those kinds of emotions. But I don't know, like, other, those same emotions turn into other genres, it seems like, a lot of the time. Yeah. it just depends. Like, it depends on what you listen to, mostly.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's plenty of like super emotional folk songs and super yeah. emotional, or, like even like, electronic
1: songs. Yeah, there's right. plenty
2: of, they, I think um, music is one of the biggest tools for being able to actually explain emotion, because yeah. music and, and like you play a C chord and you're like that's a c chord but putting it alongside with everything else it makes you feel it makes you feel
0: yeah i can't remember the last time that i straight up cried or had tears come to my eyes from looking at a piece of visual art you know yeah um but from from music it's just so guttural Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's it's something Mm -hmm. primal inside of you that's like wow okay yeah this is conjuring this specific emotion and and the fact that it relates to different people in different ways makes it even more versatile in in affecting different people, which is yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Do you does a song have to um does it have to be telling a, a sad story or a profound story for you no. to cry, or does it just have to be that emotional mm-hmm. musically?
0: No man, uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to Terramellos before. Never. They're, they're like a, uh, they're like a hardcore math rock jazz band. You know. You've had me listen
1: to one song by right them.
0: Yeah, they have a song called uh, 40 Rods to the Hog's Head." Which <laughs> what? It's what? a great name <laughs> for a song, but it, it just it ruins me every time. But it is it's so empathetic and versatile. Like there, I might sit down and listen to it and and want to start crying, not because it's so emotional, but you know. Because I'm, because I'm listening to it from a music maker's perspective of like, think about all of the, all of the feelings that must have gone into somebody making that or or the technicality, you know, that Mm. there is, because there's, Mm -hmm. think about all the memory that has to go into, you know, somebody portraying that sort of feeling. But also I've been on my bike, you know, and I just, that (laughs) song comes on and I I freak out, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go. It's just. (laughs) It's it's crazy, you know how it'll make you feel different things at different points in time. Yeah. I feel that about Death Cow, in a lot of ways. I'll sit down and listen to it, and it's got or like Nirvana, you know, in the same sort of grungy sense, where mm. it'll it'll make you feel things uh, in a in an angry or sad way, but also it'll it'll freak you out, like the beginning of Drain You, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd say definitely like the some of the the mo-
2: not best per se, but most memorable music is the music that makes you feel
1: emo- oh, an emotion, a yeah. certain
2: even if it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's happy.
1: It's definitely the most memorable music. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, yeah, like how you're saying, it doesn't uh, whether a song has to be written about a sad or profound time. Um, the band's, uh, the band No Vacation, their song Dream Girl, the end of that song, it has this build-up that lasts like 16 bars. And it's most of the song. And the way that it makes you just charge up and feel that whole tension building and rising... That's not words. That's yeah. not. I'm sad. Let me sing about it. That's let me get my emotions through this. These metal guitar strings. Mm. Let me smack these with so much fury and devotion that they make such a an echo through your heart that you're just like I can't forget about this. Song. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between um, like muzak. And music, (laughs) you know, and because music is like elevator music and there's like, uh, you know, it's music, but it doesn't particularly make you feel anything Mm -hmm. unless you're talking about like Joe Jackson stepping out. You know, or well, like some bossa like, nova, like, yeah, it's, it's great. Totally timeless, but uh, you know, that's total music to me Sometimes <laughs> when, I'm li- when I'm listening to it in bed, bath and beyond, you know, I'm like, that's just, background noise, but then I sit and listen to my car to it and I'm like, okay, there's so many things going on here. I mm-hmm. can actually appreciate mm-hmm. it for what it is. Are there any songs like that, that you? particularly have come across where it's like this this could be just background music but you listen to it further and it's something more hmm
2: bossa nova is one of those big genres for me because i mean most of the lyrics are in spanish so i don't know i I don't know spanish yeah but it sounds so good and their chords and chord changes are so clean so yeah
1: i suppose yeah you could say that about a lot of like Post rock songs, or even like Death Grips, even oh like, yeah, that's got it. Death Grips is very—it's uh, gonna p- turn some people off immediately uh, when they hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that—it's kind of like what you were saying, Hunter. Like where you think about all that went into making the song, and like how much thought actually went into each each part, and you think about an album like uh, "N Words on the Moon." Um, that's that's the one where they sampled Bjork for the entire album. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, like which that,
2: album was that on?
1: It's well, it's the first half of the Powers That Be. Mm-huh. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Hmm.
2: You ever listen to any EDM and stuff like that, like electronic music?
1: I not a lot of like electronic dance music I like I like some uh, Aphex Twin like mm-hmm. IDM kind of Machine stuff. Machine
0: Girl kind of.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sweet Trip is one of my favorites. Dude. Um,
0: yeah. That DSCO.
1: Disco. yeah. Disco.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean pronounce that. Yeah. I, I keep coming back to that song you showed me a while back and it's yeah it's permeated for sure.
1: But even the rest of that album, it's there's a lot of electronics and glitchy sounds that are just thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but it's emotional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I love the vocals too. Like it's like somebody's singing to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. It's super personal for some reason.
0: That's that's all the, the music that I try and make is to make it personal because if it's personal to me it's going to feel personal to somebody else. I feel know?
2: like, yeah, that's the biggest thing about songwriting is being able to make somebody else feel that emotion. Like, what whatever emotion they get from a song, I- if they feel any sort of, if they feel happy or sad about something, I think it's worth making it into a song, you know? Mm-hmm. Keep fleshing it out. Yeah.
0: And I think that the songs, I was thinking about this the other day, I feel like the sort of emotionality that uh, is is the common denominator of a generation, you know, or or most widely represents the way that a specific generation is feeling is the thing that's going to become the next whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I feel like that's that's a little bit, there's a lot of gray area right now because people are feeling very specific, different ways wherever they're from. So uh, whatever... Whatever sort of sounds that represent that s- s- specific denomination or that the geographical area are going to be the, the the sounds that resonate most with the people there, you yeah. know, or their own personal experiences.
1: Can you think of something that represents something like that? Yeah, right man.
0: Um, you know, I, I know a lot of a lot of people uh, from here. A lot of friends of mine are really into, um, like really lo-fi lo-fi you know lo-fi in air quotes because it's you know like hi-fi music like we were talking about king cruel the other day it's it's Mm. hi-fi although it sounds lo-fi you know um but you know stuff like uh um like drake for the midwest is like the rap you know and i i I'm not a, a, personally a huge Drake fan. I know a lot of huge Drake fans, but it's more, you know, like uh, it's sort of emo rap. And I think it resonates <laughs> with more with people from the Midwest than it does hmm. a lot of other places. Interesting. Um, but that's just my own personal opinion. Oh, I'm an
2: hour light. One dance, Hotline Bling. Yeah. I remember, oh my gosh, I did Hotline Bling for a school talent show i was playing (laughs) guitar and a friend of mine was playing the violin whoa and everybody was like what the fuck
0: (laughs) damn i i did um uh the monty python sketch in um holy grail where the, they throw the co- the bunch of the cows and shit over this castle wall um for my 6th grade talent show and Nelson Dittman and I uh did that sketch and I was I was I was the one who was acting I was the uh the Chapman character who was who's the knight you know who's King <laughs> Arthur and he's like talking to the guy who's up on the castle <coughs> and Nelson was was uh <laughs> was was up on the castle and he was just, just shooting shit at me. And I, I had actually never seen the bit uh before. He was just like, These are the lines. So we <laughs> didn't even watch it beforehand. <laughs> it was just such a half ass talent show. It was
1: a lot of fun.
2: Did you ever do any of those talent shows?
1: No. I I remember my friend tried to get me to play creep by Radiohead with him. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Wait, when did you start playing drums?
1: Oh, it, I didn't play drums at that point. It would have been on guitar.
2: Oh, I didn't. You know, I've always just thought about you as a drummer, because I've only ever seen you play drums. Sure. Uh, what else do you play?
1: Uh, Well, I started playing guitar when I was 14. Nice. Um. But guitar, drums, uh, I played bass if I have to. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all the guitarists can fake yeah. it on the bass. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. That's
1: all I've got so far, though.
0: Yeah. Right there with you. I was really <laughs> hesitant to start playing the bass because... It's like this is just rip-off guitar. I don't want <laughs> to, you know. <laughs> it's like I don't get to have the flair or anything. But then I and then I slowly realized that the more I started playing bass, the more I was able to translate the things that I learned over on guitar to like m- a more mm-hmm. me bass sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I think is partially the why farc- why R sounds the way it does. It's because some of that some of that bass line. It's not just me going boom 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 boom. yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's like kind of up there and all over the place yeah 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 which is way more fun than just like fucking shredding guitar you know honestly but you, <laughs> so can you get to carry the band. guitar that's fine yeah yeah you <laughs> can shred, yeah, shred on guitar and mark has his that's the one thing about farkles that i've realized is like we all have our own mission for the final result but we all um go in different dir- like we have a we have our we're very separate in our, in our ambitions. And yet they come together in this very strange way on that album. Not to, not to shout out Farkles are too much, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird that just the dynamic between specific bands is very, it comes through so much more in the music than you think it would, you know? Um, which is interesting.
2: How does uh, uh, <laughs> Hail Varsity feel about uh that store opening up in the hay market called hail varsity (laughs) uh
1: is there a store called hail varsity
2: (laughs) yeah right in this up above the the ice rink
1: i think i don't think it's a store i think it's like the publication hail varsity it's oh i didn't know that it's a nebraska athletics uh publication (laughs) interesting (laughs) that was that was a thing before the band was a thing
2: well there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that I told.
1: Cool. I told a lot of people. Told Hale Varsity before they started or when they were choosing that name that they were probably going to get a lawsuit at some point. A lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> a lawsuit
0: from the university. <laughs> yeah. yeah <right>. Wow. <laughs> you guys, you, the Chrysler Bands are getting some hardcore lawsuits from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> university of Nebraska Lincoln, Charles Schultz. You know, it's yeah. just it's just all going gonna burn down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up. Thanks again Sam for coming on. What and, is a what is a band that
2: you think people should listen to, a local band right now? Let us know. I
1: have to burp. Do it. Uh, ooh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> girthy. It had to be Girthy. <laughs> <laughs> um listen to Dem Kids. Listen to the new Sasha EP. Um listen to garst as always yes listen to garst um that's all i got for now
0: tight heck yeah sweet thanks man thanks for having me this was fun (laughs) (laughs) sam Chrysler, man it'll happen again soon cool sweet
1: bye